0: Hey everyone, it's Nellie here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so excited. Today we are joined by one of my favourites, the one and only comedian Tom Ballard, who is back for so seconds. And geez, we have a great time. He is coming in hot and fully potenched. And if you listen right through, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I'm going to be honest with you about something. It's not dire, but the sound quality on this episode is not as good as usual. I must stress that that is not producer Sammy's fault. There was nothing he could do about it. This was a problem with the Zoom recording with Tom and I. It just means that Tom is a little bit more faint than I am. You can still hear everything, um, but the sound quality is not quite there. Now, can I offer this as an incentive? I have some goss for you. Yes, I am dating again. I went back on the apps. Tom and I talk about that. I've met a lovely sweetheart. We get into that. So if you want a little bit of goss on my personal life, then you will persist, even with a little bit of a sound problem. Now we do some other wonderful things. We talk about Tom's lovely partnership. We talk about what it's like to be on the apps. We talk about actions over words. Um, Tom coins a fantastic phrase, which I'm going to use from now on called being an emotional verse. We take a fantastic call. It is a return call from the lovely woman who talked about talked about weaponized incompetence and struggling with um, getting some sense of equality in her relationship with her partner. We get into that, and we take a fascinating letter actually from a guy in his early fifties who says he's looking for a relationship but has trouble sticking with it. In other words, he really likes the thrill of the chase. So Tom and I have a discussion about you know longevity versus chase versus thrills versus all of that kind of stuff which is very pertinent for many of us. So yes, um sound not 100%, I reckon about 80% still worth listening to and I love your guts and if you want the goss you'll stick around. Love
1: you bye.
0: Hey everyone, how you going? It's Nelly here. Happy New Year to you. Don't know where that came from. Hey, we at the Dear Nelly team hope 2024 is full of love and adventure and rest and all the things, whatever that looks like for you. And thank you again for your continued support for this funny little podcast. Now, we've got some very exciting news. We have another live show coming up. This one is on Thursday, the 8th of February, at the Malthouse Outdoors at the iconic Malthouse Theatre in Melbourne, as part of their annual podcast season where they showcase mm-hmm, the best podcasts around. I am thrilled to confirm that the lineup includes me, obviously, hosting. We also have comedian, author, and broadcaster Sammy Shah. Jesus, he's funny, he's so great on radio, he's so great at all the things. Some of you may know him from the Australian story on ABC, which featured the incredible tale of him and his now wife, academic Kylie Moore Gilbert, who was sentenced to 10 years in Iranian prison. But thankfully made it home. What a love story. We also have comedian and dear Nellie favourite, the incomparable Kirsty Weebeck, who also happens to be one of my strawberriest of strawberry friends, and I know you all adore her. And last but not least, oh my god, we have comedian and actor Lizzie Who. Lizzie Bloody Who. She's on all the comedy specials, on all the streaming services. And no doubt she's one of the hottest bloody comedians going around. Now, I mean hot as in popular, but you know, you go with whatever. So look, I urge you to get in and book tickets via the Malthouse website or my website at nellithomas.com. And of course, there are links in the show notes. A couple of other quick reminders. Keep your calls coming. If you can, join Patreon or Acas Plus for five bucks a month for bonus episodes and other rewards. This year, paid subscribers will get live Zoom events with me throughout the year where we can do Q and A's and interact. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Darabin in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Last but not least, some things don't change, Miles. This is a sex dating, and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your Dianelli, fuck. Dear Nelly,
2: I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear there's a lot to explore. Dear when you're 40 or more. talking
0: Welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40, and we are back with a Sloppy Seconds yep. with the one and only Tom Ballard. Are you happy, Tom, to be introduced as a sloppy second?
3: Um, Knowing that it's, you know, a, a tradition in the podcast and it's not just for me, then I will accept it and it's okay. As long as other people have been sloppy seconds, I will also be sloppy seconds. They have. They <laughs> have. What were sloppy seconds when I was when you were growing up? I, what was it was dating? If someone dated someone after you, that person was your sloppy se- or you got my sloppy seconds.
0: Well, do you want to hear the most literal and misogynist version of it, which is what I grew of course. up with? Yes, of course. which is the idea that a woman had had semen inside her already. Yes, so therefore she was sloppy in inverted oh. commas. So that if she then fucked one of your friends or whatever, that she was sloppy seconds. It was very rarely in my recollection used, like most of those terms, like slut or whatever, very rarely applied to men. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, isn't it? It's strange. (laughs) Unusual. So we are reclaiming it. Yes. In the positivo. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So what's your news, Sloppy?
3: Sloppy second news. Gosh, what is what is my news? It's 2024. New Year yeah. New Me. I'm trying to do 2024 sober. No booze. For the year? Probably. For the whole year. Yeah, i going for the whole 12 months. This is my crazy.
0: All right, tell me, what prompted this?
3: Um <laughs> a number, <laughs> a litany of hangovers and come downs yep. and regrettable decisions. Yeah. And a desire to Get shit done. Not in a, you know, gross, you know, fucking capitalist productive kind of vibe. Like literally just, I want to clear a mind to focus on the things that I really want to do. I'd like to be healthier. I'd like to investigate as to whether I can have a great social life without consuming alcohol and drugs. Yeah. And would like to maybe lose a bit of weight and actually keep it off. Sometimes I'll have a good run. Yeah. And then I'll have a big weekend and it's all. And then
0: then it's gone. Well, I mean, I think. A few things. One, you can absolutely have a social life without booze because I do it all the time. Yes. And I am the life of the party, Tom. <laughs> um exactly. yes. I, I reckon it can. It takes an adjustment. Yeah. And I think if you go in with a plan, like if you're going to a bar that you usually go to or a function or something, I reckon don't wing it. Like go with a thing in mind, like I'm going to drink this particular mocktail or this yeah you know, booze-free beer or water, or it doesn't matter what it is really. But if you wing it, I think you're more likely to go, oh, might just have a wine. <laughs> just, just,
3: come on. Yeah, Do you that's, drive? That's, that's, that's good advice. I can drive, but I don't have a car, no. So that's, um, yes, yeah, so I'm not even a designated driver. I'm on my bike a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty good these days at being like, I'm going home, everyone. Yeah, you're all great, and I love you, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm out. My wall, I'm out. So I'm gonna, and I try to do that in not a rude way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the boredom drinking. I think that it will be the key. That will be the difficult one. The yes, little bit bored, or or the reward system as well. Yes, Um, even I did I did two shows early in the new year in Fish Creek, and as soon as I came off stage, my body was like, yeah, time, yeah, (laughs) yeah, have a treat. You just finished yelling at me for an hour. It's not
0: just the treat, it's that, you know, performing is it requires a shot of adrenaline. Yes, right. And the alcohol, you know, levels that out a little bit. Then you don't sleep and you're anxious the next day, but you're not thinking of that in the half an hour after the show. Sure. Well, good luck to you. I Look, I think it's um, you're younger than most of my friends, but I've got a lot of friends who are doing that because by my age that shit starts to really bite. You know, like you can get away yeah. with it for a long time, and then there's a point at which you simply cannot.
3: Yeah, and I, f- I feel like I've been, you know, having a pretty good time pretty solidly since I was 17, and, yep. and I was particularly to massively excess in my 20s. So why don't mix it up? Try yeah. a year without it. And um, ah. I realised I chose the year of a US federal election. Um So <laughs> <laughs> in November, if Trump gets back in, maybe that's my only little get that out that you're out yeah if trump gets you know drunk, what i'll
0: pay that <laughs> yeah i will pay that i think there'll be clear do you know what? that's like COVID. drinking didn't count like yeah. calories and alcohol did not count in lockdowns if trump is back in the presidency i think that's fair <laughs> enough i will personally bring you a drink over if that <laughs> exactly. happens now recorded. let's recap your last episode so you had been single in most of your 20s and you're now dating, do you say dating relationship? What's what's your terminology?
3: Yeah, a bit of long-term relationship. It's the longest relationship I've ever had. It'll be four years in March with my beautiful circus acrobat boyfriend, Harley. Yes.
0: And Harley lives in another state.
3: He lives in far North Queensland. Yes, indeed.
0: So you two are long distance and long-term.
3: Long distance, long term. Yeah, we met. We met just uh, at the start of lockdown. We were both living in Melbourne, so we went directly into lockdown yeah. straight away at started start. Up during the honeymoon period, so it was a very intense, yeah, uh, love period. And then eventually, he got this job and moved to Queensland. And because he's a performer, I'm a performer. Mm. We it is remarkable. Last year, particularly, we spent a huge amount of time together, considering the fact that we're in opposite ends of the country. Um, mm. We were in Edinburgh together. I was mm. down in Melbourne a lot. I went up to, to Cairns for stretches and stuff. So mm. thus far we are being able to make it work. Yeah.
0: And how do you find, like, the long distance? Like, what's the benefits? Like, What's the pluses and minuses?
3: Well, I have to say, like, I'm a pretty, yeah, pretty independent person. I'm pretty fine on myself, uh, fine by myself. Um, So the, the stretches of time in which he is not here and which I am able to sort of just focus and get some shit done, mm. I do appreciate. Yeah. It means that when you do see that person, you sort of get really excited. That yes. Place, it sort of keeps the magic alive somewhat. You know, yeah. absence makes the heart grow fonder. Et cetera, et cetera. I, I mean, we say that,
0: Tom, but that's why I asked you, are you actually finding that? Because I can imagine that I've only done one long-distance thing, but it was pretty short-term, but I thought I can see the benefits of this because when yes. you see each other, you're so excited. Yes, yes. And you, yeah. is that still happening four years in?
3: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like, and and you know, but maybe three or four weeks. I'm probably totally fine. And then once we cross that barrier, it's sort of like, oh, I really am missing him, and would like him to have a re- be around. Mm. Um, and so when he yeah, when he arrives, it's like quite an exciting deal. That's very nice. Yeah. And you know, our lives—we're still childless, young gay dudes, so we don't. Yeah. It's not like there are massive things we need to be working on together if you had a children for example a long distance yeah. would be an absolute nightmare i
0: reckon having said that i wonder on the other end of that that could make it harder because you've got more time on your hands you know one of the reasons <laughs> i kind of like long distance is because i couldn't ruminate going oh i miss you and duck because i'm too fucking busy i'm not <laughs> suggesting that you're not busy but when you have multiple <laughs> demands on you it's kind of convenient
3: yeah right yeah No. I managed to fill my days. I'd just sit around in a corner crying and jerking <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> See, I would be like, I'd get to the evening, I reckon, if I was single and didn't have kids, and I'd be like, oh, Even though I'm really independent and I really yeah. like doing things on my own, I could imagine I could also spiral rattling around in my own head.
3: Yeah, I guess, yeah, the the, the bits, and this hasn't happened as yet really, but when there's like... An emotional crisis of some kind. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, last year, our, our beautiful friend, Cal Wilson passed away and yeah. that was horrific. And I wasn't in the same physical space yeah. as, as my boyfriend. Was. So when there's bad shit come up, obviously, yes. yeah. Always having someone to. He wasn't uh, there for a cuddle. Um, yeah. No cuddles. At yeah. The the time. Little yeah. lady cuddles. So it was good. But yes, I mean, yeah, ups and downs, the, you know, the reduced amount of sex is a factor. Oh, I sure. But then you got to make up for it. When you, when I was going to
0: say, I mean, when we say <laughs> magic, is that what we, because I mean, Again, we sort of don't talk about this stuff, I think, enough. It's like familiarity can breed boredom and not just between, you know, not just in conversation, but it can be sexually as well. That's the truth. I mean, people sort of say that when they get out of their relationship, it's kind of taboo to say it when you're in it. Yep. Um, But I imagine, you know, having long, like the desire building is good.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Totally.
0: I guess there's a point at which it's too long of a wait. Yes. <laughs> but you just deal with that. I mean, you've got text, you've got FaceTime, you've got a whole range of things at your disposal.
3: Modern technology allows us to be <laughs> sick little fucks in a variety of different ways. So, yeah, great. Right.
0: Well, you you're, yes, you're, you two are the only ones who are doing anything <laughs> via the internet. being sloppy seconds and i hate this and i'm trying to rush over it very quickly but you get to ask me a question go
3: oh why do you hate me ask questions that's
0: my question i don't well i do and i don't i think it's um the reason i do it is because i can't ask people like you and my co-host to be vulnerable and not do the same but vulnerability is hard that's
4: true
0: because i don't know what you're gonna ask
3: (gasps) oh i could ask anything I was going to ask you, and forgive me if this is potentially uh, ground that you've covered on on the show before, but I was interested in, what would you say is the lesson that you find yourself having to learn repeatedly throughout oh. life? The thing that keeps coming up again and again, and you're like, fuck, I thought I did this, but no, I've fallen back into the trap again, and I can happily share mine with you if you need a little bit of time to think.
0: Oh, I know uh, exactly what it is, but please tell me yours.
3: Oh uh, Well, mine was just going to be... Caring about what other people think about you, which is perhaps a lifelong struggle. But I mean, I will have moments in which I just feel fully myself. I feel proud of myself. I feel like yep. I'm, I'm on it. I'm totally get it. And I don't. And I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. And then a single comment on the internet, or a single, not even a comment, just someone yeah. else being happy, <laughs> somewhere yeah. else, will make me go into a spiral into my spiral. own. Head. And this desire and the thin line between not caring what other people think and, mm. and not being an asshole and not mm. caring about mm. having any consideration for other people, this is a, a constant struggle I find Constant
0: struggle. Yeah. Well, I reckon if the only people who literally, you know, you hear people say all the time, I don't care what anyone else thinks, the only person to whom that is actually true is a complete sociopath.
4: <laughs>
0: right? So you are not and never going to be a complete sociopath. There's, It's a matter of degree, right? Sure. You don't want to care about what people think to the extent that it debilitates you or it changes your personality or your choices. Yeah. But to me, if you didn't care at all about what anyone thought, you would never be reflecting and you'd have no insight. Yes. So it's so, it, so interesting
3: creatively, too, right? Because a comedian yes. has to be like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Why isn't anyone laughing at my joke? You're all woke or whatever. Like it's it's so interesting that duality of a comedian being like, yeah, fuck it, I just say it like it is. But, of course, you're constantly listening to an audience and you have to abandon any joke that doesn't get laughs and you're constantly adapting your act and shaping it in a way in which it's a communication between you and other people. And,
0: Tom, you know this. The comedians who say that are full of shit, (laughs) right? We've been around that long enough. There's some to whom it affects more than others. Yeah. And that's the best that you can hope for. I feel like I, speaking of dearly departed friends, our mutual friend, the late, great Stella Young, mm. had a tattoo on her arm that was from a very prominent um, disability activist poet that said, pride takes practice. Right. And that is the sort of mantra that I try and use when I'm feeling like that. So, and I will say the good news is the older you get, you really do give less of a fuck.
4: Yes.
0: yes. You give more of a fuck about specific people. Like I really care what my kids think about me.
4: Sure.
0: I really care what close friends think about me or, you know, like there's people for whom that feedback matters. Mm. Then there's others where you just go, I don't even respect you. (laughs) You know, like when you think, let's think of like a, I don't know, for you and I, let's think like a homophobic family member. Mm. Yeah, hang on. Why am I seeking your approval? Why do I care? Yeah. You're a bigoted asshole, yeah. let alone some stranger on the internet. Yeah. So I don't think it's about not caring. I think it's about where you place that energy. Yeah. Like who do you care about? And in terms of the pride takes practice, that means you don't seek out um, strangers on the internet. For example, because that's not practicing pride in your work or you, who you are.
3: Yeah.
0: You
4: know, does that yeah, make sense?
3: Well, totally. Yes. I mean, it's. I was trying to write some stand-up about this recently, actually. But the idea that we post, like, I'm posting clips a lot more now, as, as all comedians yeah. are. This is now apparently part of our fucking job. Apparently, we don't yes. Just write the hilarious material. We now need yeah. to post it please yeah. the fucking algorithm. Anyway. Yeah. So that you're constantly putting out this material, constantly putting yourself out there, where there's literally a comment function, and you're saying, "Hey, yes. everyone." Here's my comedy. Yes. In theory, I guess I'm endorsing the idea of <laughs> you expressing your opinion about yes. my work. Then they do that, and I go, "Fuck this asshole!" Ah, yeah.
0: Well, let me tell you, ask you this though: Do you have to read them?
3: I don't have to. No, that's true. <laughs> Listen yeah. to
0: it. I don't have to. I just do it obsessively, because <laughs> um, I kind of I'm at that point. I don't read them. Yeah. Great. So that, and that took a lot of work to get to, to Mm. to not do that. Um, But I think you make a choice. Maybe if you're feeling, if you're feeling particularly low, Mm. then just remember that thing of like, no, I don't need to feed this. Like if you're a bit more robust every now and then I'll go in and look at the reviews of the podcast, for example, like Mm. I read one this morning, like one star did a welcome to country virtue signaling. And I'm like, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, why did you go to the trouble of even leaving that review? Um, it didn't bother me at all, but there would have been other times it would have bothered me. You know, so it sort of depends. you got to assess how you're feeling, I think. I mean, I think my biggest advice to you would be only seek out the opinion of people you respect. And then that does matter and reflect. Like if someone goes, Tom, I think, bit concerned about your behavior blah blah blah, and you really like that person you know they love you Mm. then don't also just go oh well fuck off like it's none of your business because they might be trying to help doesn't mean they're right but you'd at least reflect on it
4: Mm.
0: but someone you don't like oh fuck off (laughs) no way Um, yeah
3: uh go on what's your lesson that you uh, so
0: my lesson i may have i finally learned it i'm definitely closer and I've been trying to learn this lesson for literally decades. I saw some meme or something the other day that's a dating thing. Um, it's like I can't be attempting to start something with someone who's got potential. They need to be fully potential. <laughs> <laughs> as in the
3: relationship uh, as potential or them as a person? You're
0: saying? I think both. Yeah, I okay. think but mostly them as a person. So I think the the my particular pathology, which is also probably the best thing about me like like most of us our best quality is our weakness yes. I really do see the best in people and I try to see the best in people and I like to live in the world like that yes the problem with that is that you can see the potential in a dating match mm. and they've got to do a shitload of work to reach that potential. Yes. And I think kind of like if I love them enough or if I'm encouraging enough Mm -hmm. or if I'm whatever, as though I've got some control over how other people exist in the world. So I think previously I've definitely been in relationships and friendships as well Mm -hmm. and stayed in relationships and friendships that I shouldn't have thinking, but I can see. That they could be. And that doesn't mean I'm kind of black and white now, like you've got to be fully evolved. Like we've all got our shit. Um, But I think particularly for dating, it's a real mistake to kind of go, well, if they do X, they'll be compatible with me. Take them as they are today. Right. Because you've got no idea if they're going to change or you're going to change.
3: I'm coming in hot. I'm coming into Benet Brown, your life, and everything's going to turn (laughs) around.
0: Oh, my God. Well, do you know what? So this is revealing far too much, but, you know, that's the point of this question. Um, When I was talking to my therapist about it, she's like, you're really comfortable in a kind of therapeutic role yourself.
3: Yeah, okay.
0: And that keeps you safe Mm. because if I'm, like, trying to change you, Tom, or help you or look after you, then I don't have to reveal my shit. Mm. And she's like, you got to stop doing that. So I'm very consciously really trying hard not to do that, and not just romantically, I mean, across the board. Mm. But it's really hard when you've been in that mode your whole life. Yeah, you know? I'm nearly 50, yes. mate. Yes. I've been doing yes. this a long time, but I'm trying.
3: And that means, okay, right, but that is for me being open up to asking for help from, oh, I guess you've, you're trying to find a partner who you feel confident will give you the help and the care that you need when you need it kind of will be you unlocking their their potential and helping correct
0: and say and friendships as well so it's about um kind of yes being able to ask for help i think i've kind of gotten a lot better at that but the problem i think when you're and i reckon a lot of women my age have done this we've been so trained out of having needs that even when we ask for help it sounds like we're okay (laughs) <laughs> you go, hey, Tom, I'm really having a hard time. I need some help. But because I say it like that, you go, oh, no worries, Nelly. Yep. You know, <laughs> like it's sort of dissociated. Right. Uh, it doesn't match. What you're asking doesn't match your affect. Mm. And so people don't necessarily read it and they think you're okay all the time. Um, but the other part of it is just not immediately rescuing you know, so if you if you say to me, um, "Oh, I'm having trouble finding a rental," seriously, my instinct is I'll find you one. Yes, I'll do that for you. Like I ju- I want to fix it. Yeah, and that's not good for you or me.
4: Yeah.
0: So I'm I'm trying really hard, really really hard. But I will say, I think you'd be proud. I did start when I started. So after Cal's funeral. I decided I would go back into dating. Fucking hell. So <laughs> at Beautiful Cal's funeral, I thought, I mean, could there be any more of a reminder? Of... I, hope. I hope
3: you gave yourself a little bit of...
0: No, I didn't. Literally that night.
3: Oh, my God. Okay.
0: <laughs> literally that night. So we'd had the private funeral. Then we had the public one that I spoke at, and I spoke about, you know, how proud she was of me. Mm. And the, I don't know. It unlocked something for me, to be honest. I'd kind of gone, I'm out. I can't do this bloody dating thing again. I'm no good at it. The stuff that we all do, I'm damaged goods, you know, at its most extreme, which is a horrible expression, but it does sort of convey how you feel in that state. And I thought two things, one, I could die tomorrow. Yeah. um, And two, well, I'm not damaged goods to her. No. So... Maybe I'm not for everyone else. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of. So, anyway, the short story is I got home. I may have had a few drinks at the wake. (laughs) Don't judge me, Tom. I don't like it. Hey,
4: I was with you. Don't you worry about
0: that. So, I put my profile up, and this is where, like, I don't believe in anything. And I know you don't either, but this challenges me, right? Because it's, you know, the universe and all that shit. Cal and I, about a month before she'd gone into hospital, made a list of what I should look for. And the top of that list was actions over words, right? So someone who shows care and love and interest and all those things rather than just talks about it. So I get home, I made the profile, I matched with someone a couple of days later. She was great with chatting and everything. And I'm like, this is great. And then (laughs) it's like, we're supposed to meet on the Friday. So the first example of actions was I went, I'm available this Friday. And she messaged me back, and went, Great, I've booked this place at six o'clock. And I'm like, effort. Hello. Hello. Like I've got a lot of mental load. So even the fact that she kind of went, I'll take the reins here. Yeah. No worries. I've booked this place. Um so yeah, the we have I think I've been really conscious of kind of going what are you doing? Mm. Not, what are you saying? And something like that. So our first date, for example, she showed up with flowers and three bottles of gin. Cause I'd casually mentioned I like gin.
3: Three bottles.
0: Well, not three bottles, three types, like oh, okay. little, like a little <laughs> selection. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would have been a good night. Uh, <laughs> just stuff like that where I'm like, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking for a, Fucking diamond necklace, but I'm at the fact that you remembered from our chat from Mm -hmm. texting that I mentioned my drink of choice is this, and that you'd, you know, that kind of stuff like that showing up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and and the beautiful thing about a a healthy relationship I find, which I have this, I think, with my boyfriend is that 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 goes back and forth, right? So, you know, sometimes you've got, yeah, sometimes. You're not doing great. I'll look after yes. you. No worries at all. That's all kind, but just knowing that that will come back and we can reverse. Yes. and I can be a bit shit for a little bit, and you'll you hundred percent. That. That's a nice
0: thing. That's the thing. It's not that I'm seeking that one way. It's just that I have so, and I've created this. I'm not blaming anybody. I have created this myself. Where that kind of giving dynamic is all me giving. Yeah, and I have to like deliberately. Basically, I'm looking for someone who's a giver as well, like two givers together. Is is the the jackpot, and I think I mean I Unverse, think I. So you know. It's, what's
3: that? I just said a verse, so I give out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm you know, looking I'm... for an emotional verse. Right? <laughs> I'm You're sick of being. Top. I'm sick of being the power top, Tom. I've had enough. It's <laughs> Nelly's time. Happy to step into that role when required. <laughs> How that a bit of reciprocity,
3: <laughs> double-ended um, emotional support. Yeah, please.
0: You know, and I think yes, I think I may have found
3: it. That's awesome, Nelly. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, That's happy great. day. And I know the cow would be very happy for you too. That's
0: awesome. Do you know, like I was so I'm tell- like I said, I I struggle with this stuff because I don't believe in anything. And yet, of course, I tell a couple of my friends who are more, you know, into tarot or the universe, all that kind of stuff. It's like, she's, cows arrange this. And you know what? (laughs) I think to myself, that's a nice way to frame it.
3: Sure, let's take that, yeah. You
0: know, I'll take (laughs) it. I'll take it because it's really sweet and it is unexpected and there's a lot of coincidences in it. It, It's not going to hurt anyone if we all believe that. So I'll take it.
3: Take it.
0: Does that answer your question?
3: It does. Thank you very much. Thanks. For I, being think lady, I think this
0: lady, yeah. I think she might be fully potentched. We'll see how we go. <laughs> 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 All right, armchair expert. I have a meme for you from Instagram from Sarah K Runnels. She is at OMG. SKR does that stand for something I should know oh my god
3: it's oh my god and then her initials I assume SKR oh
0: <laughs> oh, I have an interpreter from the late 2000s <laughs> <You're> uh, <sorry.
4: laughs>
0: so she has now you're not on the dating apps at the moment I don't think or I shouldn't be making that assumption but I don't think you are I'm not no when you were, though, let's let's both take ourselves back to that. So dating apps wrapped would be like you swipe left 100,000 times, you swipe right 25 times, you shut the app in disgust a lot, you took 800 screenshots of comically bad profiles, you saw 50,000 unsolicited fish pics, you successfully eliminated every single man in a 90-mile radius. <laughs> How does that sound? Does that square with your experience of online dating?
3: <laughs> that sounds... Pretty similar. Does she mean unsolicited fish pics? Like literally, is in like dudes holding fishes, right? Straight, which uh, you'll find much more in the straight man world. The idea of holding up the fish, or with the much more. The, um, or the lion, or whatever. Yeah, gay much more dead animals. Gay, not, with fish. Yes,
0: okay, yeah, are there any gay dudes on the on the apps holding dead stuff?
3: Um, I there must think. be some. There must be some, surely. Yes, I'm sure there are <laughs> men who love. Sucking cock and killing beautiful creatures. I'm sure that they must be out there. I'm not interested in them. Thank you very much. Attracts
0: all the vegetarians. Excellent. (laughs) But I think she speaks to something, you know, that experience of, I think particularly when you first do it, I don't know about you, but you start off very fussy. You know, sure, no, right. no, 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 no. It's like after a while, perhaps go Oh, okay. Maybe I'll revisit sometimes.
3: Lower that bar, people. Yeah, <laughs> let's bring it down. I must say, my dating app life, I didn't spend a lot of time on Tinder, or at least I didn't find Tinder very engaging. Often dudes would not message back uh, to me on yeah. Tinder, or they would, and you'd have a conversation and then nothing. Yeah. Now, Grindr, you do get some dates out of Grindr every now and again, yeah. but Grinder is much more in the sort of a somewhat immediate hookup world. Yeah. Um. And I suppose the equivalent of just messaging, hey, hey, going, hey, hey, yeah. what's up, hey, hey, yeah. getting nothing back. That's probably pretty similar. Pen pals. Yes. And I must say, Grindr has produced some extraordinary comedy material. I like, bet people, people on Twitter will post snapshots of their Grinder yes. conversations. I remember one recently was a guy. <laughs> A guy got messaged by another guy. who was like, you just cut me off in traffic. You absolute piece of shit. Can you even learn how to drive? You're the fucking worst. And then the guy whose profile was, I'm sorry. I'm just really bad at driving. And then the next message was, all right, do you want to make it up to me? Come over and suck my dick. Like just. The, just the, the, my God. The quick switch that gay men will make from. Jesus. To, Let's talk about having sex, please. Come what on. an asshole. Come over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you suck. I hate you. Anyway, wow,
0: you suck. How about you suck something else? <laughs> yes. I think, um, look, it's so you've been on Tinder and Grindr. Any others?
3: Mm, I think that's it. Maybe I briefly looked at one of the others that was that, that was gay men. Hint Bumble's just for ladies, right? Or Hinge is just for ladies. No,
0: Bumble, like you can't, women basically initiate matches on Bumble. Gotcha. But yeah. I think all of them, I mean, there's a couple, like there's her, there's some that are like women specific, but it's mostly queer women. Sure. Um, I met my, this recent match, that so I was talking about Linda on Hinge. Okay. And yeah. I quite liked Hinge. I thought that mm. was good. I found Tinder a little bit too, exactly what you were saying. Hey, 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 I reckon there's a lot of people on Tinder window shopping.
3: Well, I think yeah, the clarity, I mean I will, the thing I will appreciate from Grinder is the clarity of purpose, generally yes. speaking. From most people. I mean so every now and again you get a grinder profile, they're like, not looking for sex, just looking to make friends yeah. or to, for dates and stuff. And I'm always a bit like, oh honey. Oh bub. but um, if you know, if that works out for them, yeah. that's great. I have mean, been to a few gay weddings and they're like, How did you meet Grinder? Grindr.
4: Grindr. Um, yeah.
3: So yes, the kind of I know of a purpose few men who've met on Grinder. Of... You what sorry?
0: I do know a few men who've met on Grindr, but I do, I I agree with what you're saying. Like there is a sort of, there's a known purpose. Yes. Whereas I think Tinder, it's a bit gray area.
3: A bit all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Are you looking for right now or are you looking for forever?
0: Well, and I think sometimes if you're window shopping and by that, I mean, you like the titillation, you might even be married or you're got no intention of meeting up for whatever reason, you're not going to advertise that. Yeah. You're going to say, I'm looking for the love of my life. And you're going to lie. Yes. Basically. <laughs> and, or there's a whole range of people, I think, who, I don't know, They let's say you and I matched and we were messaging each other, but then I found someone else and I might just go. Yes. And then you're like, oh, did I just get ghosted? Yeah. I guess in a way you did, but in another way, I'm sort of like, it's just part of the apps.
3: It's yeah, it's part of that culture. It's pretty brutal. It's interesting. I'm directing Lizzie, who's show this year. Uh, yeah, of the show, Lizzie, the wonderful Lizzie, yes. who, and she's she's got this great bit. She's talking about you know she's back in the dating scene now, coming mm. out of a long term relationship. But she talks about her parents' experience. Now her mm. dad is a Malaysian dude who met his her white mother when she was mm. backpacking through Malaysia in the yeah. 80s or 70s. I want to say yeah. Could not be more different people, I suppose. And she yes. just sort of makes a very good point that in the in the dating world, they would have filtered each other out. It's like something what they're looking for. Yeah. Through the magic of IRL and love and destiny, they came together and seemed to have a somewhat happy marriage. Yes. <laughs> know, based on some of the stories from Lizzie. Like oh, well. Pretty, uh, Everyone's got some
0: shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So- sure. Two things in that, Lizzie, who will be one of the stars of our live show at the Mold House on the 9th of February, please book tickets and come. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is this is the other thing when I get listener calls asking for advice on on dating, as particularly online dating, and I'd say this because I've made this mistake, don't be too fussy. Yeah. You no, know, based on pictures particularly but yeah. also even in terms of um, – I don't know, the job that they do or whatever it like things that whether consciously or unconsciously, we sort of write people off and go, oh, she's a bit short for me. Yeah. You know, or he doesn't work in an area.
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com
0: that I understand or whatever because that in real life experience can be pl- completely different. If you've got chemistry, mm. how fucking short someone is won't matter.
4: Yeah.
0: If you've got good dance and rapport and they're funny and you're flirty and all that. And conversely, you can have someone who's perfect on paper Yeah. who you want to tunnel out of that date with a spoon. You're so bored.
3: And the number of times, speaking of lessons that you need to learn a million times, like the number of times I've met someone who blows apart all my prejudices about yeah. that kind of person? Me Whether too. They're like they're like a, a person who loves sport but also loves theatre, or they're a banker yes. but they're not a piece of shit. You know, like yes. the number of times that that blows your mind, and and I can find that very attractive. I've been on dates yes. with people where I'm like, man, I just want to learn more about your life because you yes. you don't make sense in my in all my preconceived ideas notions. Yeah, so you that if you get
0: I don't want to date myself. You know, you know what I mean?
3: Joke. She says, what, are we trying to date a sibling? Why are we trying yes. to, to narrow things down so much to find our exact match? Why, why do we yes. want to meet someone who's out of their fucking mind and miles away from us?
0: Correct. So, I mean, I'm very conscious of privacy, which is one sort of editing in my head, but I don't think Linda, who I'm dating now, would mind me saying, like, she's really into sport. And I'm talking, would sit for a five-day test match into sport. Okay. Right? I would watch the Australian Open Grand Final and maybe the afl grand final if there were pies available that's like <laughs> that's like my 12 month consumption of sport right. but i actually go i really like then that we have something to talk about that i don't know about yes you know or that you find interesting and vice versa like i think that doesn't have to be a negative but it can be if you're filtering Um, For that, if you see someone, let's say you see someone in a picture, like, I don't know, a Collingwood jersey on their profile or something, you go, oh, I'm not into sport. Don't write that person off unless there's other reasons. Like don't let that be the decider because they might actually be really interesting, fascinating. You might even get into talking about it. Broaden your horizons. Even the fish, Tom. I mean, we joke about it, but I do think it's a bit overplayed. Like, if the guy's only got fish, fair enough. But if one of his pictures is holding a fish, maybe he just likes fishing. He just
3: likes fishing, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Got Brennan's take on this, which I loved, was him going, straight guys don't take photos. That's the only time they've got photos. <laughs> They're on the tinny with a friend, and that's the only photos they've got. They're not trying to signal... I'm doing a bloody cultural studies thesis into why they chose that picture. He's like, they haven't got any photos, mate. Simple as that. (laughs) There's
3: probably a bunch of straight dudes with photos of them with their ex-girlfriends on their dating profile. Oh, don't. It's the only photo I got. It's the only one I look
0: good in. Do you know what? We actually see ones where the guys like cropped his wedding photo. Brilliant. You can see the tulle of the dress (laughs) at the bottom. He's like, but I look good in a suit. Yeah, it was 10 years ago and it was I your wedding.
3: Yeah, I paid heaps for that guy to take that photo.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's my professional photos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready
1: for a listener call?
3: Let's do it, baby.
1: Hi, Nelly. I um, just wanted to let you know I just listened to that podcast and uh, it was amazing and um, the podcast with Alice um, about my question about my husband. Um I just wanted to just to send a follow up um, with an update. First and foremost, I'm an over communicator, um, so everything I've said to you, I have said to him. Um, I don't wear any feelings on the inside; they're all on the outside, and it's actually one of my most proud skills is how I communicate. Um, it's still the problem is in you. Know, I'm still having the problem, which is I think where my um, frustration was because it's like I over communicate and I still have this problem. So um, that was never a problem, you know, for others because they just don't tell their husbands, (laughs) but my husband knows. Um, One of the key things that has changed is I have really um, in many ways tapped out of uh, the teenage boys. Um, So my eight-year-old stepdaughter is just spectacular. love her. We spend a lot of time together. I organize a lot of stuff for her. Um, and that really works um, for both of us. She and my baby love each other. She and I get along really well. Um, so pretty much now I've said to my husband, I'm going to organize me, my daughter and my son. Um, and we're going to have a great time. And you and the boys, the older boys, uh, it's up to you what you do. Um, I'm, except for feeding them, um, I'm really tapping out of um organizing or managing your relationship with them. It's quite challenging at the moment, Um, their relationship just being teenagers and there's a whole bunch of problems and they're absolutely delightful as far as they have never disrespected me being rude, but they also just don't want to spend time with me, which I respect. So I really have just said, you know what, myself, the baby and the girl are going to get on with our lives. We're going to go and do the things we love Um, I love spending time with her, you know, I've got lots of friends with kids her age, so she spends time with them. Um, and that has really helped me as far as my mental load and also certainly given him the need for responsibility, um, for the boys. And if he wants to manage their relationship, that's up to him. Um, That has absolutely helped. Um, Also, I'm going back to work in three weeks and he will be home full time and that is going to change everything. Um, So I think there's also a part of me that really needs to let go um, as far as my people pleasing and a need to control as I will be at work full time and I don't have control as to what he does at home and how he manages the family. And I have to respect that because he respected me when I was at home managing the family. Um, as far as, you know, I didn't say when's the baby napping and you know, all those things and check the baby monitor to make sure he's asleep. So I have to do that too. Um, so I really appreciate, um, your support. um, And, you know, just listening to that is excellent. Um, And, you know, I just, it was just the best and um, we move forward and I'm going to have a successful marriage um, with a hetero man if I, even if it kills me a bit, but no, he's um, a wonderful person. He's a great husband, a great father, and, um, you know, we're going to do this together. So thank you so much. Oh, Tom
0: Ballard. Now, would you like me to give you background on that call?
3: Please, please, I need more info, I need details.
0: More information. So I'm going to be paraphrasing. This is not necessarily her language, but from memory it mostly is. She's essentially um, remarried a a guy who's a bit older who already had three kids, so two teenage boys and an eight-year-old girl, Uh and she's getting very frustrated with um, what she described and what I would also describe as weaponized incompetence. Right, So she'd be like um, making lists of chores and making plans for the kids that he would then forget or he wouldn't see. And and when she was going to her friends, they'd be like, oh, that's just dudes, right? That's just what men do. And, of course, I wasn't having a bar of that, Tom. Um, But I will say, so Alice Fraser and I took that call. Alice, being a much more lovely person than I, um, pretty much said, it's time to like really communicate with him and kind of go, This is the the these are the stakes. And I was kind of going, I have the feeling she may have already done that. Right. Um, and he's just not stepping up and falling back into that pattern. And it sounds like from her call, then it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So, so we should
3: clarify there's a new baby in the picture too, right? They've had a new baby. They've
0: had a new baby. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, can we start with, or what do you hear in the call? Let's start with that.
3: Well, she sounds like she's at a pretty good place, or at least there has been some movement, it seems. Yes. Which is great. Um, yes. She, she, uh, I wouldn't say an over-communicator. I'd say she's very ex- expressive and she's upfront with her yeah. communication, which is fantastic with this podcast yeah. and hopefully with her husband as well. And certainly that note mm. at the end where she's sort of saying, look, he's a good dude, I love him, we're going to make yeah. this work, but we've yeah. been through this tricky um period Mm. i mean i completely understand why her priority would yeah would be focused on this new baby that they have and Mm. these babies are exhausting and it sounds like there are some issues with the teenage boys that Mm. potentially predate their relationship and you know it sounds like yeah he certainly has a responsibility to sort that out if he's not addressing Mm. that anytime soon Mm presumably i don't i guess I don't, we don't know what it was like when he was bringing up those first three kids how involved he was in the day-to-day baby rearing but it sounds like he's about to do that as she mm. heads back to work which um yeah he has to do good at <laughs> he's responsible for <laughs> keeping the baby alive so um i'd certainly hope that he's up to that task and he's he's on board with that that's for sure
0: and that that's going to be tricky for everyone I think it's – because I hear – so in terms of the teenage boys, and I think Alice was quite right, she basically said in a very lovely Alice Fraser kind of way, they are not your kids and not your responsibility. I mean, of course they are your responsibility to the extent that they're your stepchildren, that you're kind of bending over backward to go out of your way, to plan things when they're there and make sure the meals are magnificent and we're going to do this activity and da-da-da. And then my impression is that, like, Dad even forgets that yep. that plan's happen, So she was kind of going, just step back, you know, like it's his relationship with them. And, of course, you be nice to them and you try and develop your own kind of relationship, but you can't manage yep. their relationship with him. And I think that's excellent advice, um, not just for stepkids, but also for people listening who've got exes, mm. right? If you If you're dealing with, you know, ex-husband, ex-wife, whatever, you also can't manage how they relate to your kids. Yep. You can't control it. Mm. So there's a point, unless there's abuse or neglect, there's a point at which you really have to let go. And even if that parent, for example, is disappointing, where well, you just have to go, well, unfortunately, the kids are going to have to be disappointed. I can't mm. manage this. Yes, I think Alice was right, and it sounds like that worked.
3: Yeah, and it would also relate to people with, you know, partners who have messy family stuff going on. I mean, I, oh. my partner's, you know, family's got some complicated stuff going on. There's been some people who haven't been talking to other people for quite a long period of time. Yeah. And I was trying to learn about this, which was yeah. also a bit tricky because some people don't want to talk about stuff. Yes. And yes, I have more recently tried to be like, Hey, these are all adults. Yes. Uh, I'm going to love my boyfriend. I'm going to be nice to everyone in the family, but I, yeah. I'm actually not responsible for bringing, bringing this family together and, and solving this. Well,
0: problem. Tom, let's go full circle back to your question to me. There's a reason I've stopped trying to fix shit, okay, because that's my instinct. I can't stand yes. to see people hurting each other. And then there's right. a point at which you go, as you said, they're all adults. Yeah, This is not my fight.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, and I think that's really hard with stepkids. kids. Mm but it is also their dad has a responsibility to nurture his relationship with his sons or not, and you can't control that. So I think she's done good in that. I'm fascinated as to I'd love her to call back and tell us how it goes because if he's going back home, I'd like to know for how long, like maybe there's a period of paternity leave. Is he becoming like a full-time you know, stay-at-home dad. Um, how I've seen yeah, see a couple like a of friends. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, is he? Yeah. I've seen a couple of friends do this to varying degrees of success. Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to let go from her side when you've been in charge and it's hard to step into that role. I think people, I'm not suggesting he's doing this, but I think until you've been full-time caring for whatever reason, you have no idea how hard it is. Oh, yeah, like I would rather do a gig at the Frankston RSL. I would find that easy and have done easier <laughs> than full full time caring's really hard because there's you no one there both. saying You're well done.
3: Full time caring for your kids and you had a gig booked at the fucking Frankston RSL. You had to
0: go. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no feedback. There's no one there kind of got this very little adult conversation. There's yep. no one there saying, oh, you've done a good job at that or would you like help with that? Or the way we've set up society now is so shit for carers of any mm. kind because we're just all these isolated little bubbles. Yep. So I'll be very interested, quite frankly, and this is no shade on him and I mean that hand on heart, but I'll be interested to see how he handles that
3: because
0: mm. it's bloody hard.
3: But it certainly sounds like this listener has done the thing where maybe she had already previously done that, but has communicated clearly of how important this is and how she feels about it and how you know laying out the stakes and drawing the lines of yes this particular issue, which is crucial, right? I mean yes, yes regularly we find ourselves stewing over something or hating something or not resenting something in our relationship yes. and then thinking about it have you actually had the conversation have you done that, that and you expressed the other person how you feeling about that? It sounds like you've totally done that. And
0: bloody well done to her. And I think that's where I was balking a little bit in the, in the first, um, the first time that she called in, because I don't know if you remember this joke, but I used to do this joke of like, if women wrote Hollywood rom-coms, it'd be, you know, there'd be a woman sitting there going, can we try a couples therapy? Can we do date night? And things aren't working and I'm feeling really misunderstood and I don't, you know, go into this thing. And then a year later, they break up, and then the guy goes, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> right. So, the idea I balk a little bit at the idea that she needed to communicate better because I have seen so many rela- um, straight relationships where the woman is fucking communicating her ass off. Yes. But it's just not happening. Yes. For whatever reason. So I'm glad that she's called back and 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 has confirmed. Yes, indeed, she is communicating, and it sounds like she's drawn a line mm. and gone. This is what's happening now. Yeah, she's changing the rules or clarifying, maybe <laughs> with his yeah. with his permission by the sounds of it, consent agreement, whatever word we want to use.
3: Well, but it sounds like she's drawn the line for herself as well, which is which is key. If, if previously she was like. I can fix this, and it's my responsibility to fix this. Yes, she's got to a point where she's like, "Hang on, actually, uh, on reflection, maybe not so yes. much." Then that's that's growth. That's good.
0: That's growth. And one thing I hasten to say, and I wonder, I'd love your take on this. Actually, I mean, I've I've been in relationships with all the genders, mm-hmm. and I will say, um, and seen all the relationships, I don't think I've ever been in, or maybe even seen, a relationship that's completely 50-50. 50. Okay, so the idea that there's some like nirvana where you reach and it's complete equality at all times is not realistic in life. Mm. It might move around and I think that's what you're talking about in terms of reciprocity. Like I might need you more at some points than you need me, um, but it's very rare that I see that that's even approaching
3: 50-50. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in a cisgendered heterosexual relationship, there are some biological facts that that Mm. mean that there are different realities of for example having a child uh, Mm. and how that plays out in in that relationship Now, as much as possible and i think i see in my brother's marriage and his relationship with his wife over their kid rearing they do as much as possibly can to Mm. to try and (laughs) balance the scales somewhat Mm. But the physical reality of of having a baby is never, you know, is never quite gonna be compensated for by mm. uh, even by dudes being awesome listening listeners and being great dads. Mm. So so yeah, those are factors. But obviously you try and share the load as much as you can and, and mm. try and figure it out. Um I've only dated, yes, a cisgendered gay men. Um and again, having never had kids, still kind of fucking around as young gay dudes, the responsibility level is never quite there. But so um, what do you think in, in terms way? of
0: like housework and cooking and that kind of stuff, or is that not, it's not really been an issue?
3: I don't think so. I'm trying to think of relationship when it has, I haven't lived with a partner for apart from my current one for a very long time. Mm. before that didn't live with a partner for a very long time. Um, yeah. Money was never really an issue. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's sort of something that comes up. The more serious a relationship is, the more you live together, move in. This all world. awaits you. Yes. It's <laughs> Can't fucking wait.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> all right. So we've got a listener letter that I want your take on. I found this fascinating. Dear Nelly, I have a topic that may interest you. I listen to your podcast; they make me laugh. I have a question, yay, or comment for you. I'm a 52 year old man in Brisbane. I want a relationship after being single for four or five years. The thing is, I just love the chase of a new relationship, and I find my mind wandering as soon as one starts or shows promise. What do you think? Anonymous, mm. Tom Ballard. What do you think about that thrill of the chase?
3: <laughs> Very interesting. Do you like I the chase? I... Well, see, I like the chase of. I would say I enjoy the chase of of trying to get laid and and flirting <laughs> and sex. You know, meeting someone mm. and having a nice conversation is also wonderful. But yeah, particularly the thing I guess I sometimes miss from single life is the idea of, yeah, going out and the possibility of meeting someone Mm. and seeing someone attractive and seeing if that that person might consider kissing you. That that is an exciting thrill. But but I don't know, yes, the idea of chasing a new relationship is like, that's that's so much work. So the fact that I have a solid relationship, (laughs) I'm very happy with. (laughs) Can I say? Lock that in, that's great.
0: In that first bit, like you say that sort of, I could be misreading it, but almost apologetically, like a bit sheepishly, like, isn't it nice to go out and like someone wants to, but that's normal. I think it's taboo to admit that when you're in a couple or in a relationship, but I I think it's really normal to, for everyone at some point to kind of go, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I was like going to that thing and there would be a possibility that I would pick up.
3: Yeah, or you find yourself in you might be in a happy long term relationship with your partner mm. and you might be out somewhere and you meet someone new mm. and you sort of think, Wow, well, if I was single, mm. this great conversation we're having, I would mm. try and pursue this and you know Absolutely. This is who I would be interested in romantically. Yeah. I'm not, because I've got my nice lovely yeah. partner who I love. But, you know, a moment of that. And and yeah. I think I think that's totally normal. And I think and this is something that, yeah, me and my partner have sort of come up against every now and again. Not feeling guilty about that and nah. acknowledging that as a natural reality of being a human being is, is important because otherwise people feel ashamed and resentful mm. and they, they think your interest in or attraction to another person in a moment is indicative of you not liking them as much. Not
0: liking you. them. And I think you can you can have that feeling without, you can have thoughts without saying them out loud. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> again, going back to actions over thoughts if you go out tonight and you meet someone and you're like, oh, my God, if I could, I'd take them home and da-da-da, I'm like, A, really normal, but what do you do? The yeah. only problem is if you take him home.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I would say, I mean, I don't know, this depends on your personality, but does Harley even need to know that? You know, it's a thought.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not
0: something you did. Um. What do you think about, like, if this guy knows this about himself, Mm. so every time he is getting, he's starting something, he's basically getting bored relatively quickly is the way I read it and starting to, his eyes are starting to wander. My view personally, and I'd like to know what you think, is if you are 52, Mm. I reckon that's unlikely to change, right? You are who you are. You're Know thyself Mm. and go in honest and actually look for short-term relationships. The only time that's a problem is when you're promising something you can't deliver. Mm. So if you are actually one of those guys on Tinder or Hinge or wherever you are going, I'm looking for a long-term romantic thing and I'm monogamous and I'm very loyal and all the stuff that people say, if you're lying, that's when you're going to hurt people. If you go in going, I'm actually looking for friends with benefits or, I don't know, polyamory or, like, whatever it is, whatever, however that looks for you, that you don't want to be in a monogamous long-term commitment, own that shit.
3: Yeah. yeah well, this is it. I mean, he has to go back to the desire. Like, he writes, I want a relationship after being single for four and a half, four or five years. Was he, though? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, were you single? What does What has changed in you? Mm. That you want to change your single lifestyle now so you say you mm-hmm. want you want a relationship now is that because you want uh, a partner to share your life with Do you want an emotional connection and yeah you want something long term like examine that desire mm. and then as you say totally be up front and bring that into the dating world i mean i it's sort of hard to read between the lines here you, do you love the chase of a new relationship or do you yeah find yourself wanting to have sex with lots of different casual sex with mm. lots of different people it's all good, no judgment mm. either way, Ooh. but you seem to be placing yourself uh, in um, a difficult position where you're laying out your supposed desire for a relationship, mm. which we automatically just assume is a monogamous relationship. That's just mm. our so, sort of social default. Mm. Um, and then yet you seem to be running into trouble and, and moving away. Now, they could, if you wanted to go deeper and get some therapy, and uh, my advice to everyone is always do some therapy but mm. you might also be finding, you know, maybe you're sabotaging relationships or getting out really quickly because you're you're scared about where they would go. It's not mm. a, a common reaction. That's exactly Saying, right. Oh, oh, it shows some promise. Here we go. Oh, I might get hurt here or whatever. I'm getting out and I'm going to find wrong. something wrong.
0: Find something. Yes. And I I reckon there's one of two things happening here. One is that he, like you said, the default and by, uh, my language for that is the script we are given. Yes. The social script we are given is that you should want a long-term monogamous relationship. Yes. The reality of human beings is that many people are not suited to that. Yes. And if you are one of those people, fuck the script. You're 52 years old. You don't need someone else's script. Yes. So actually look at yourself as honestly as you can and go, maybe I'm not built for this. Mm. You know, maybe you need to be on um, the more progressive sites like Field or... I can't remember the name of the other one. Anyway, you'll be able to find them. There's a kink site that has a range of, you know, open relationships or friends with benefits. It's a bit more like Grindr Mm. in that it's more direct, Mm. right? So you can literally go, I want to see someone once a week for a head job. Like you could be that specific or you could be more broad and kind of go, look, I'm not really a monogamy kind of person, And maybe you end up hooking up. I think this guy's straight. I don't know why I think that, but I think from our interaction, maybe you end up, I can tell you there are married women on those sites looking for who have friends with benefits permission.
4: Mm.
0: Maybe that's your thing. And maybe you're just internalising some shame about that because it's not the kind of thing that you can sit at Christmas dinner and go, oh, my God, I've got three on the go. It's amazing. (laughs) But maybe that's your thing. Maybe you need that new relationship energy. Maybe you need the chase. And don't apologize for that, but also don't lie about it. Where you're going to yes, fuck yes. people over is if yes. you go in pretending that you're bloody Mr. Romantic. Yeah. And you bail four months down the track. You're going to hurt people. Yeah.
3: yeah but. I think that's... Yeah, sorry, that's you go. It's... No, sorry. Yeah. That's where. Uh, yes, a selfish attitude to this or trying to get away with something and not being fully upfront, I think that is that is the problem. And, and hopefully we live in somewhat more enlightened times in which, you know, more people are a lot more open to you being honest about where you're coming from, you know, and mm. they might say, no judgment, that's not for me. I'm looking for a monogamous yep. relationship. Good luck to you. But if you don't yep. tell them that, then I think that's when you're going to start hurting people and you're not going yes. to work out great for you either. I mean, And that's,
0: that's why I say I think on, I mean, give it a go, but I think yeah. on your Tinders and your Hinges, um, like I know, for example, I've got a friend and obviously I won't reveal too much information, but who's a married straight man in an open relationship. He finds it really hard to find women who are prepared to have sex with him compared to his wife because mm-hmm. there is a lot of straight women who won't um, engage with a married man. Yep. But I think that's why I suggest maybe going to the, the kink sites because you're likely to find a community that's more open to that and women who are more open to that. Mm. But I think you're right, Tom. The other option, column B, is that if you really do want a relationship and you're sabotaging it every time it gets good, therapy, 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 (laughs) therapy. Because I don't know about you, Tom, but I've done that, right? When you start to get to that thing of, oh, this could actually work. I don't want to get hurt. Mm. So then you start going, Oh, I don't like that t shirt. Oh my God. They're not, you know, like you'll find humans will find any reason to then sabotage it. And was it really the t shirt or were you starting to feel vulnerable? Yeah. So, but I think it could be either of those. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Anon will have a better idea.
0: Anon will have a better idea. idea. Also, you you know, maybe. I mean, best case scenario, maybe you will be able to be in a relationship where something as simple as, so we had Renee Thompson on um, and she was taught, she's in an open relationship
4: Hmm.
0: with her partner and she was saying, the gist I got was her kind of going, look, even just to have a passion is enough. Yeah. Because it's like having the permission to be able to flirt And have a kiss. And it doesn't mean that you're necessarily fucking around. It doesn't mean that you've got a whole other relationship on the go. It's it's about being able to express Mm. that sort of flirtatious side of you. You might find someone that's okay with that. Yeah. You know, particularly at this age. I reckon actually, ironically, given we're older and you're meant to get more conservative, if you've been through divorce, I think you actually naturally start ripping up those scripts and go, actually, maybe things can be done differently.
4: Yeah.
0: Good luck. Let us know. <laughs> all right. We're going to end as we do with all sloppy seconds on big mistake. So, this is the biggest mistake you, beautiful Tom Ballard, see or have experienced in dating and relationships.
3: I thought about this I'm pretty sure the biggest one would be one that I've been guilty of and I see in my in my friends over the years is people staying or starting or getting into relationships because they want to be in a relationship rather than finding a deep connection or finding something that really works with another human being I think Ah uh. I think there there was a relationship that I stayed in for a lot longer nothing wrong with this guy lovely person very nice Yeah I wasn't feeling it I, I probably my fear of doing the breaking up was a factor as well, but also yes. just like, no, I want to be in a relationship. I want to have yes. a boyfriend. I like yes. what that says about me. I want to be normal like everybody else. Yes, I want. I want this to go on. Yes, so of course, that is not good for you. It's not good for them. It's not good for anybody.
0: How many people have you seen in your own life, but also even if we want to depersonalize it, extrapolate out to like reality shows and whatever, who are literally getting married? Because they want to say, I have a wife. Yes. Or I have a husband or I am a wife or, or I am a husband.
3: Mom. And this, I'm, I'm a certain age now. It's yes. time to do it.
0: Yes. we There's a cultural capital in being part of a couple. Yep. Even being that, have you got a plus one? Or are you coming to the dinner party on your own? Obviously, what we're really trying to do on this podcast is rip all that shit up and go, you yep. go to the movies on your own. Yeah, you yeah. fucking go to Phuket by yourself. You do yeah. like whatever it is, but that is still there. And I agree with you. It's really hard to separate that out from do I really like this person mm. or do I like being known as someone who's in a couple or a successful marriage?
3: Yeah. I it mean, doesn't the work. Show, married at first sight. This like... Attractive young people in their late twenties who are like, yeah. just my only I've got option is to, to go and marry first. Now, obviously, yeah. like, that's all bullshit. That's people trying to <clears throat> start their own media careers at this point. Yeah. Clearly, the premise and the early versions, seasons of that show, yeah. were, were clearly people being like, "I, just, yeah. I have to get married, and, yes. and I will take my chances of this stupid yes. reality show marrying a complete stranger because yes. I've got to get a ring on it." Like
0: or you- I will go close enough. And this is not, we're not talking, no one's perfect. You're never going to find a partner who ticks literally every, you know, criteria. Mm. But also settling. I mean, if we talk in percentages, you know, settling for, well, they're 50% of what I want. I promise you, you will be in court at some point <laughs> or having the breakup conversation or having to talk to your kids or whatever it is. I promise you that's not enough. No one's a hundred, but you don't want to settle because you're 32. Yeah, and everyone at Christmas lunch is saying, "Why aren't you married?"
4: Yeah,
0: or and not even that. It also applies same sex relationships, and I think that there is a unspoken thing. Maybe there's a, there is some trauma in queer community of having been. You know, many of us have experienced family rejection and other kinds of rejection. And there's something unconscious in the back of your brain going, well, at least if I'm in a long-term couple, they'll, they'll see that I'm normal. Uh. You're like, well, there's nothing normal about being with someone you don't like. I mean, yeah. actually there is, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it should be. You don't have to prove yourself.
3: Well, of course, gays are having entering into miserable marriages just like straights now. It's, uh, but right, it's a world of equality that we're in.
0: Isn't yeah. <laughs> that true though, right? And you've, you and I have both seen that. I'm sure where you kind yeah. of go, fuck. I think you two don't want to break up because you don't want the your homophobic family to be proven right. Yes, or you don't want the colleagues who were assholes to you or the friends or whatever. Go see, I told you so. That's yeah. what happens to the gays, whether that's conscious or not. Right. And so you stay, and you're like, but you're in a shit couple. Yeah, you're not happy. You're not David and Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> You bet, and Tina, then mental. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. You're right. So, basically, the biggest mistake is staying for the status or the label rather than the reality.
3: Yeah, because you view being single as as some kind of failure. And I've always yes. maintained that one has to be happy. You have to be able to be happy, single. Like that's that's crucial. I mean, and we we know serial monogamists in our in our punch. Lives. Yes, and it's like you have to be able to be happy without another person in as a romantic couple, a romantic partner. Obviously, having an amazing partner and a healthy relationship is a beautiful part yeah. of human experience and can be great. But it's not always going to happen. If, and if you base your happiness solely on your involvement in that relationship, well, of course, mm. that's probably going to lead you to entering something that doesn't actually make you that happy. But thinks, mm. is something that you think will give you the status you're after.
0: Absolutely, and that you will look past your own needs. To maintain. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Now tell me, where can we come and see you next? I know you're doing the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, but we also have listeners, well, we have listeners all over the world, but certainly in Australia. So where can we find you? And I'll put links to all this in the show notes.
3: Oh, that's so nice. Yes, my 2024 show is called Good Point Well Made. I'm heading all over the shop. Um, I'm heading to Cairns in far north Queensland. <laughs> I'm heading to Adelaide, Canberra tasmania melbourne perth and sydney all the details are at comedy.com.au if you have a look at my socials at tom c ballard you can come see me brand new show all over the place um and people can hear my podcast serious danger which i release every week with my good friend emerald moon um it's about the greens and green politics in australia but hopefully without being annoying (laughs) people might enjoy having a listen to that yeah
0: Fantastic. Well, I will put links to comedy.com.au in the show notes so we can find you touring. I will, of course, be coming to see you in Melbourne at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So I hope everyone else in Melbourne will do the same. But you're really getting all around the country so everyone can come and see you and links to Serious Danger as well.
3: Thanks, Nellie.
0: You're a joy, Tom Ballard.
3: It's been an honour being a sloppy seconds.
0: Will you come back for Thirsty Thirds? Oh my God. Sure. I'm taking that as a yes. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, you're a beautiful man. I will talk to you soon.
3: Thanks, mate. Thanks,
2: Tom. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. A lot to explore, dear Nelly When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly So I'm hoping we can talk